the narrow, arrogant, handsome face to which they belonged was expressionless, except for one slightly elevated eyebrow. He has challenged me for cuckolding him, but is willing to settle for a simple apology, he said. Do I need to spell out my answer, Conan? Did you need to consult me? It might be worth considering, his friend advised. I would not be doing my job conscientiously if I did not thus advise you, Tresham. Oliver is a pretty decent shot. Then let him prove it by killing me, the duelist said carelessly. And let that be within minutes rather than hours, my dear fellow. The spectators are displaying distinct signs of boredom. Sir Conan shook his head, shrugged, and strode away to inform Viscount Russell, Lord Oliver's second, that His Grace, the Duke of Tresham, did not acknowledge the necessity of any apology to Lord Oliver. There was nothing for it then but to proceed to business. Viscount Russell in particular was anxious to have the meeting over with. Hyde Park, even this secluded corner of it, was a rashly public place in which to hold a duel, illegal as such meetings were. Wimbledon Common, the more usual venue for affairs of honour, would have been safer, but his friend had insisted on the park. The pistols had been loaded and carefully inspected by both seconds. While an expectant hush fell over the spectators, the protagonists each picked up a weapon without looking at the other. They took up their positions back to back, and, at the agreed-upon signal, paced out the regulation number of steps before turning. They took careful aim, each standing sideways in order to offer as narrow a target as possible to the other. They waited for Viscount Russell to drop the white handkerchief he held aloft, the signal to fire. The hush became an almost tangible thing. And then two things happened simultaneously. The handkerchief was released, and someone shrieked. Stop! the voice cried. Stop! It was a female voice, and it came from the direction of a grove of trees some distance away. An indignant buzz arose from the spectators who had held themselves properly silent and motionless so that the protagonists would have no distraction. The Duke of Tresham, startled and furious, lowered his right arm and turned in order to glare in the direction of the person who had dared interrupt such a meeting at such a moment. Lord Oliver, who had also wavered for a moment, recovered fast, corrected his aim, and fired his pistol. The female screamed, his grace did not go down. Indeed, at first it did not appear that he had even been hit. But a bright red spot appeared on his calf, an inch or two above the top of one perfectly polished leather boot, just as if suddenly painted there by an invisible hand with a long-handled brush. Shame! Baron Pottier called from the sidelines. For shame, Oliver! His voice was joined by others, all censuring the man who had taken unfair advantage of his opponent's distraction. Sir Conan began to stride toward the Duke, while the crimson spot increased in diameter, and the surgeon bent over his bag. But his grace held up his left hand in a firm staying gesture, before raising his right arm again and taking aim with his pistol. It did not waver. Neither did his face show any expression, except intense, narrow-eyed concentration on his target, who had no choice now but to stand and await his death. Lord Oliver, to his credit, stood very still, 
though the hand that held his pistol to his side was trembling noticeably. The spectators were silent again. So was the unidentified woman. There was an air of almost unbearable tension. And then the Duke of Tresham, as he had done at every previous duel in which he had been engaged, bent his arm at the elbow and shot into the air. The red spot on his breeches spread outward in rapidly expanding concentric circles. It had taken iron willpower to remain standing when it felt as if a thousand needles had exploded in his leg. But even though incensed with Lord Oliver for firing his pistol when any true gentleman would have waited for the duel to be reorganized, Jocelyn Dudley, Duke of Tresham, had never had any intention of killing or even wounding him, only of making him sweat a while, of giving him time to watch his life flash before his eyes, and wonder if this would be the one occasion when the Duke...